Daily Bible reading is important simply because I need God. Welcome to Working with the Word, a currently bi-weekly podcast designed to equip you with the skills and confidence for deeper daily Bible study. I'm Emerson Brown. And I'm Jeff O'Rear. Thank you for tuning in today as we continue our series on daily Bible reading. In this episode, we're talking to our friend Sarah Renz about her commitment to and growth in her Bible reading. One of the things that we've wanted to do in these interviews is to show how different people in different circumstances are devoting themselves to reading their Bibles and drawing closer to God. So hope you enjoy today's conversation. Well, hello, everyone. This is Jeff O'Rear with my co-host, Emerson Brown. Today, we are working on the Word with another special interview. The guest we have today, Sarah Renz, is with us. Sarah is originally from East Texas, but has lived in Spring Hill, Tennessee for the past few years. She has been married to her husband, Ryan, for seven years, is a mother of three wonderful children, and is a faithful student of God's Word. Thank you for joining us today, Sarah. Well, thank you for having me. I've Absolutely. learned a lot from your podcast, and I'm excited to talk with y'all today. Great. That's awesome. As we're continuing the series of daily Bible reading here at the end of this year, we're looking to talk with Sarah just about some encouragements from her, some perspectives about how she has been studying the Word, and things that have been helpful for her, and things that have been helpful for her family as well. So we're looking forward to this conversation today. Yeah, one of the things we've talked about, Sarah, on our podcast is the importance of of, of why. Uh, we feel like it's important to start there. Why do we study the Bible? And so we want to start with that question. Why, why do you feel like daily Bible reading is important for you? Yeah, I I think daily Bible reading is important simply because I need God. It seems like kind of a simple response. And I, I think it's something I've known at least on an intellectual level for a long time. I think since becoming a mother, I've really come to realize I have a desperate need for the Lord, and it's become more obvious on a practical level. And it's not to say you have to become a parent to realize you need God. Mm -hmm. Um, Different people realize that at different times, but I found there's really no part of me in myself that is good enough or strong enough to be the mother that I want to be without God's grace and his help and what I learned from his word. You know, I I think I want to be, and I strive to be a mother overflowing with the fruit of the spirit. And who doesn't want to be full of the fruit of the spirit? Mm -hmm. You know, we all want to show our spouses and our children and even our friends, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You can lift them all off real fast, but it's hard to do them all. Um, and, And those are all attributes and they're all fruit. They're the product of a spirit-filled heart. Um, There's a verse in Luke that says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I found I need to have my heart grounded um, in the word of God on a daily basis to have that overflow of fruit that I long to give my children and others around me. Mm -hmm. You know, in Deuteronomy, Moses tells the Israelites to teach God's word diligently when they're walking by the way, when they're sitting down, when they're rising up, it was a daily constant teaching. And if I'm not working on myself and um, 
if my heart isn't grounded in the word, I simply don't think to talk, think to talk about God um, or to praise him as I should throughout the day. So I think that need for God is something that really never changes. If you have young children at home, you'll need God. If you are an empty nester, you'll need God. Um, And we all need him and we need to daily spend time listening to him through his word. So that's really my why is just, I need it. I need God. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. It's true that that need for God is is never going to change. It's, It's true for every person, whether you're a mother, father, grandparent, whether you're single, you know, it's, it's true for every person. Do you, do you feel like your, your why for Bible reading has changed? You just think back before you became a mother, what was your why then? And how, how is it, how has it changed now as, as a mother? Um, and, and how does that impact your daily Bible reading? Yeah, I, I think, um, as you grow in maturity, you your why changes. When you're growing up, you kind of just do your daily Bible reading because it's what you're supposed to do. You're a Christian now, so you read your Bible. And you do want to learn about God and be a good Christian and do the right Christian things. But I think as we grow and as we mature, we just come to find our own insufficiencies, our own need for God's grace and our need for reliance on people, uh, on God. Would you say that there have been certain people that have helped shape your relationship with God's word over the year? Are there people you can think of, I'm sure obviously maybe parents or, you know, mentors, figures in like college or even where you are now? Yeah. Um, you know, I've, ha- I've been blessed with a lot of people in my life who, have helped me um, grow in daily Bible reading, but obviously I think your parents are the biggest influences in learning to read your Bible. And it's the same for me. My parents were Bible reading and Bible study were really a normal part of daily life in our home. Uh, They would read the Bible with us and um, it was a normal thing for us to see our parents reading their Bibles on their own time, not Mm -hmm. just with us. Um, one kind of memory or thing my mother used to do that really stands out most in my mind was she would always create summer Bible studies for myself and my siblings. So we went to public school and during the summer we would have more time together at home. Mom would always plan these special Bible studies for us. It was something we always looked forward to and anticipated and Um, We would study things like the parables or the Sermon on the Mount or evidences even. Um, That's awesome. And we would, we would buy special notebooks and get to (laughs) write down what we learned or draw pictures of what we learned. And I remember watching my mother prepare for these studies and sit at her computer and get ready for it. And those studies were enjoyable. They weren't a drudgery or something we dreaded. They were something that we looked forward to and they were a special part of our summers with her. And I think that specifically really helped cultivate a joy in studying God's word in my siblings and in myself. Well, that's great. I I think that's really encouraging to, um, to hear that because, you know, I remember, I'm just going to be honest here. I remember being a teenager and my my mom prepared a a similar study in the summer 
Mm-hmm. And my attitude toward it was not, was not that great. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was definitely a, this is a drudgery to me. Um, and that wasn't really my parents' fault necessarily. That was my fault. And I think that has impacted me, you know, since then. And I've learned from that and hopefully I've matured out of that. But, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's good to see that foundation that your parents laid. Right. So moving from the why, uh, we've used that illustration before. Maybe you remember of kind of starting with why and then moving out to how to think about the what. So thinking about that, how, where over the years, things have looked different. I'm sure you've kind of talked about how you became a mother. Some things maybe have clicked differently, but can you tell us a little bit about how you balance daily Bible reading through these different parts of life? You know, maybe think about if you remember back to those summers when you were still in public school or college or early married life or motherhood now, how do you balance Bible reading with some of those things? Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, it's not something I've always done well at balancing. I think it's hopefully something I've grown in. Sure. Um, those times where you think you're so busy in college, you don't have time for it. <laughs> you, you find out We've later. We've all been there. You actually yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but I, I think especially in the season I am in right now, the, the changing seasons just with young children can be a challenge trying to work that into your life. You know, I've either been pregnant or had very young children or both for, for five <laughs> years now. Um, and, you know, there's a balance there between um, discipline and grace between just doing the daily discipline of your Bible reading, even when it's really hard to, and also giving yourself grace in those seasons where it's difficult. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think also I've found, you know, the more children I've had, the busier and fuller my life has become, but also the more my need for God has grown uh, in some mm-hmm. ways doing daily Bible study with three children is easier now than it was when I only had one child, just because I'm constantly aware of my own insufficiency and, and my need for the Lord's strength. You know, you, you have those moments where your four-year-old decides to test the boundaries just to make sure they're still there and you're potty training <laughs> your two-year-old and your baby decides to stop sleeping and you realize it's only by the grace of God that I'm going to faithfully serve him and my family right now on those hard days, you know, and and children are such a blessing and training their hearts is such a joy, but it is a a constant job um, that we just can't do without God. And we can't do it without spending time with him and leaning on him when it's hard, you know. I think that's a great point to bring out and something that Maybe I haven't thought about it as much before, but the part of grace, not only being, you know, showing grace to ourselves, but especially looking for that grace. And mm-hmm. and that's very insightful to think about for those different seasons and maybe in some of those more difficult seasons where it might actually not the college days, but in real life where there are maybe more crunches for time or just a lot going on, realizing the importance of that and necessity of that. Right. So thinking about maybe now obviously Bible reading may not be exactly the same every day. You know, the, the picture a lot of times we hear is, you know, you wake up 3.30 in the morning before it's light <laughs> and you read for four hours and then you pray for two hours. That's what I do, Jeff. I don't know about you. Oh, well, <laughs> tell us more about it. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, is there a certain plan you do? Uh, obviously, 
you know, there may be some days that things get thrown off, but is there kind of a routine you have, something you do to help guide through your time of your Bible reading? Um, like planning for making a time for Bible reading or during my actual reading? Uh, yes. <clears throat> Both. Both of those, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I, for me, I'm a morning person. So I enjoy getting up before my children wake up. It's not for everyone. But, um, you know, in those seasons where I'm pregnant or I've been up all night with a newborn and I need more sleep, I just try to get it done as early as I can because I found if I do my Bible reading as early as I can, I give myself lots of opportunities to be successful. Mm -hmm. I can read before the kids get up or I can read during morning playtime or I can read during nap time or after the kids go to bed. And um, I've just found that that gives me a little bit of a little bit more of a chance to actually do it on a practical level. Yeah. Um, as far as when I'm doing my Bible reading, you know, I, I do love the get up at 530, have a cup of coffee and a blanket and your journal and your pencils and go through your plan and do all the things. And sometimes that just doesn't happen. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it means I'm telling my children, okay, I need you to play quietly for a few minutes while mommy does my Bible reading. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's never perfect or uninterrupted, (laughs) but I think it's good for them to see that I'm not a perfect mother and it's good for them to see the struggle that sometimes it takes to get the important things done and to see that it's something that is important to me and to my um, spiritual walk with the Lord. Absolutely. That's awesome. Is there like where you worship at Rolling Hills? Isn't that right? There yes. in Tennessee? Do you mm-hmm. all have like a congregational reading plan? Is there a reading plan that you kind of, you just kind of go through on your own pace or just kind of what's your preferred flavor as far as a, a reading plan or something like that? Right. Um, So at Rolling Hills at the beginning of the year, I believe they passed out the five-day plan that Mark Roberts puts out. And it was kind of, you you could use it if you wanted to or do Mm -hmm. your own thing. For me personally, I found the um, five-day plan, those passages to be a little bit too long for Mm -hmm. my daily Bible reading. And I just seem to work better with a seven-day plan I found Mm -hmm. over the years. This year, I've been doing a chronological plan just on my own. There's Uh a a group of ladies at our church who have gotten together and done a plan and they'll post in a group what they've learned, which I think is a great way to be with others. Um, It just wasn't, it didn't work out with my current situation. Yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed the chronological plan I've been on this year. So you're close to the end of the new Testament. Is that about that right? Right, Yeah. And and first Corinthians, it's, it's fun that that plan, because you spend almost the entire year, you know, in the old Testament and Mm -hmm. it's not a a drudgery, but some parts of it are difficult and you just feel, (laughs) you feel the Israelites longing for a savior and and you're (laughs) to get to the savior too. And you all year, reading and longing and then October hits and Jesus is here. (laughs) Such a celebration. Um, And then Jesus ascends and the early Christians are longing for his return. And it Mm. just has to remind me to live in that hope and in that joy and in that earnest anticipation for when he comes back, you know? 
Awesome. Yeah, that's that's a great way to like have that mindset or have that vision or direction as you're going through. If someone was interested in finding that plant, is that something you found online or do you have like a chronological Bible? Yeah, I, I found it online. It's called the, um, I think it's the Bible Recap and there's a podcast that goes along oh, yeah. with it that you can listen to. I've listened to a few and I thought it was good. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I've turned into that before too. And that's a, they do a great job about trying to find that like, was it the um, God shot? Is that what they call yeah, it, or something the God like shot. that? I really, yeah. And he's that. where the joy is. That's a, yeah. a neat podcast and that neat plan. What are some of the um, uh, just before we get to talking about um, how you incorporate this with your family? I was also wondering what what are some of the other plans that you've done in the past that have been helpful for you. I do like the ones where you have a passage from the Old Testament and the passage from the New Testament at the same time. And I think that's probably what I'll do next year. I think I, I enjoy alternating, kind of doing more of a chronological year and then doing a year where you're, you have more an, of an emphasis in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, um, it's just, I think, regardless of what plan you use or what portion of scripture you're reading. If you're in God's word, it's what you need to be doing. And Amen. That's yeah, the most that's, thing. that's right. I, I think we can easily get kind of focused on having the perfect plan, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. For every single year. And it's not always about that. You know, you can have a good plan, but it's really about being in the word. And so I think that's really the important thing. Another section that we wanted to, uh, to talk with you about was how you incorporate this with your family. Uh, so how, how has daily Bible reading played a part in your family over the years? So we, we've tried to make it part of our routine from the time our first was a baby. We've done a, a nighttime family Bible devotional. We, we started with a children's Bible, and I think that has such benefit for making stories understandable for children. Um, lately in our family evening devotionals, we've um, just simply decided to be reading from the Bible. We, we want our children to experience hearing Bible language and um, from a very young age and growing um, in a way that they can learn that language and internalize it in their hearts. Mm -hmm. um, I also, I do a, a daily Bible time with my children every morning. You know, I have a, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. So they're all preschool age still, my last mm -hmm. year in the preschool age um, <laughs> for my oldest. And it's just such a special time um, to be able to build that foundation with them. So we we read scripture, we memorize verses, we discuss a story and read and sing and pray. And, um, you know, young children are just such sponges and... Mm -hmm. It's really my family's desire in these formative years to be filling them up with as much of God's word as we can while they're still home and with us. And, you know, working on not only teaching them the stories, but reading God's actual words, letting them hear those words and finding ways to apply that in their little lives, I think is important too. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're such a good example uh, to those of us who are parents to prioritize that, incorporate that into a daily routine, not just as something that you do 
on the side, but it's just a part of life. And I think, you know, you referenced Deuteronomy, uh, how we need to talk of it when we rise up, when we lie down and, and when we walk by the way, um, what, what encouragement would you give to parents to prioritize not only that in their, their family life, but in your personal life? Right. Um, I, I think just view it as important and plan, make a plan to get it done. Um, and that sounds simple. It's usually more complicated than that, but um, we really just find a time where usually we don't have much going on and decide that's what we're going to do. And it's just the way it's going to be. We just want to really try to normalize Bible reading in our home and make it um, a common thing for our children to see us reading our Bibles or for us to be talking about God's word with them. Again, that's all very helpful and, and very encouraging to hear. So our final question has to do with kind of what this podcast is about. This doesn't have to be anything super long. This podcast came out of the idea of hearing a phrase, we're going to get deeper into our Bible study. And somehow I think that daily Bible reading is connected to something like deeper Bible study. But we just want, you know, if you were asked by somebody, you know, let's say David Tomley says something in a sermon about, we want to encourage you to get deeper Bible study. And someone was like, Sarah, what do you think that's about? What does that phrase mean to you? Right. Um, I think deeper Bible study is really Bible study that draws you into a deeper relationship with God. You know, the, the entire purpose why we're reading our Bible is to know God and mm-hmm. um, to help fill that need for God. You know, there's a verse in... Um, I believe it's Psalms and it talks about how he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. And um, if we are hungering for God, he will fill that need. And when we have that deeper Bible study with God, we draw into that deeper relationship with him. And it's kind of funny when you sent me that question, I actually thought about the Bible recap and her talking about the God shot. Um, It's not really the type of language I usually use, but um, I I try to follow that same sentiment. Like when I'm reading, what does the scripture that I've read teach me about God, about who God is? And then how Mm -hmm. does that, what I've learned about him change my life? Yeah. And I think any time spent in his word, deepening my walk with him is always what I need in my life. Absolutely. I like having questions to go along with my Bible reading. I think that helps us to to try to formulate or think about deeper Bible says I have to be some mysterious thing. I I really like what you're talking about of just it it deepens the relationship. And I think that's very helpful. (laughs) Well, I'm somewhat misleading when I said that was the final question, but we have three more questions oh, wow. and they're surprise questions. They're not in your email, right? These are for fun questions. Nothing, okay. nothing crazy. It, it's a kind of a loaded question, but if you had to pick your favorite book of the Bible right now, what would you say that would be? Oh, well, it'd probably be Luke. Um, but that's really only because we are at Rolling Hills going through an inductive study of Luke. So it's funny, it coincided right at the time when y'all went out with your podcast on inductive Bible study. So it's very, very helpful for us. (laughs) Um, But I've just 
I feel like I've learned so much um, getting deeper into Luke recently with our church family and really been enjoying it. Cool. That's awesome. If you had to pick a favorite Bible character, you have a one that you're just automatically comes into your mind. <laughs> oh, um, you can't say Jesus. I, can't I was about to say that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, um, hmm. I'm probably David. I mean, I don't know if that's too simple of an answer, but he, he failed and he needed God's grace, but he followed God with his whole heart. And, um, I really enjoy reading his Psalms too that he wrote. So, yeah. All right. So (laughs) the final, final question is Andy's custard or Culver's custard? (laughs) Well, Andy's is slightly better but it is more expensive. So it's not really worth it. Culver's oh. is just as good. <laughs> we'll have to tell your mom to not listen to this end portion. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Sarah, for joining us tonight and taking time away from your family and joining our podcast. I think everything you said today was just really encouraging, not only for me as a, as a parent, as a father who wants to incorporate Bible reading in my family's life, but just as, as a Christian, you know, just encouraging me to prioritize that make that a part of my life. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. Take care. Have a great week, Sarah. You too. So as we come out of our conversation with Sarah and look back on it, Jeff, what was the one thing that was most helpful for you? I think for me, the one thing that was most helpful was that idea of giving yourself grace. Obviously, I think Sarah would agree, and we've talked on our program before, we want to be successful in our daily Bible. We want to do our best to cultivate that habit and to make sure we're applying it regularly. But there will come days, whether it's you know the real craziness of life or whether it is just a, a total, the day got, got behind me and it was my own fault that I've I missed a day or something like that. And those days, realizing that, you know what, tomorrow's a new day. I understand that I need to to get back on the horse and just and making that have not beating myself up about it or falling off the wagon just because I'm not willing to be gracious to myself. So trying to implement that in times where I do fall, but hopefully I don't have to be that often. So what about you, Emerson? For me, the one thing that was most helpful was making time for reading the Bible with your kids. Not just doing that for me personally, but but trying to incorporate that and making that a priority in your, your family schedule. So I'm working to do that with my family, not only make that a habit, but a positive experience. And I was encouraged to hear Sarah talk about her experience as a kid um, having a summer Bible study with her her mom, and that she looked forward to that. And I, I want to do that with my children as well, um, not to make this a drudgery or something that they kind of look down upon, but I want them to desire that for themselves. So that was encouraging to me. I'd say there's lots of great stuff in our conversation today. And so that leads us into our challenge with this episode is just identify your one main takeaway with our conversation with Sarah, what was helpful or encouraging or practical for you, and then decide to act on it and make it a part of your Bible reading and your Bible study from the advice of what we've learned in this episode. Thank you for tuning in to Working with the Word today. If there are questions or topics or books of the Bible you would like for us to cover in future episodes of Working with the Word, you can find and reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter at Working with the Word, on Instagram at workingwiththeword.podcast, 
or send us an email to workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity.